Remember, every gift of $75 will be able to bless this man. This man loves pie. He really, he just loves pie, all sorts of pies. And so he's going to have a great uh, tasting time here in a couple weeks. I'm so happy for you. (laughs) We'll pray for Pastor Doug a bit later. Good morning, everybody. Okay. Thanksgiving. I'm not American yet. We're getting there. We slowly but surely, praise God, we're getting there. So Thanksgiving, um, can't talk about the meal and the turkey and all of that, but going to try and hit this Thanksgiving thing from so many different sides that we're going to get it after today. I've got next week as well, so I've got two weeks to really look into this and just Thanksgiving. And on the bulletin there, I just wrote that in God's eyes, Thanksgiving is very important, but why is that? We're going to have a, a little look today at why it is really that important. Just this past Friday night um, at the Deep Meadows Correctional Center, they had a, a graduation class for the men who are coming out of, of the prison They've served their time, and they do a re-entry class. And then they, just before they leave, we have a, a graduation for the guys in the class that we teach, the faith-based class. And then they get a certificate to prove that they've been there for the year. They've gone through every class from Monday to Thursday and Saturday, two hours every day. You can't miss a class. It's pretty serious. And some of them have never received a certificate in their life before. This is the first time that they're getting that recognition and family and friends can come. And it was sad once again because out of the 20 guys in the class, there were probably about seven or eight family members that came to sit in on this graduation ceremony for the guys. So that's sad to see, but at least they had the ceremony and we could do that. And there was a young man, 25 years old. And after the class, I could just chat to him a little bit. A big, strong guy. I can see he definitely uses the weights at the gym, at the, the correctional center there. And I had 10 minutes to just talk to him afterwards. And uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for supporting Rayma Interventions. I can't tell you how amazing the prison ministry that we have is and how it's helping guys and men just to come out of there and just have a second chance. That's all they need is just somebody to believe in them, somebody to help them. So thank you so much for that. But this guy was talking about, because I haven't taught this class, and he asked me, what class do you teach in the prison? And I said, I do a class on the brain, on study methods, how to study, how our brain physically works. And he said, wow, that's very interesting. I would have loved that class. And he's got a huge, he's cut open, he's got a scar down his face here. He said, I had a a traumatic brain injury when I was 15 years old. If you don't believe in God, listen to this story. He's 15 years old, and he goes with his friends drinking somewhere. But they go to a very, very remote place because they're underage. They're not allowed to drink, and there's a river and a cliff, and it's very nice. Long story short, they're all drunk, and he tries to do something silly, and he falls off the rocks, and he falls on the bottom on his head, and he's practically dead. His, his skull is wide open. His tongue is swollen. So one of his friends try and jump. They're all drunk, 15 years old. And he says, they, I was dead. I was lying there on the rocks, my head open. 
as I say, he's got cuts all over here. And they're trying to save me. And he says, we specifically went to a place where nobody is because we're not allowed to drink and make a noise. And lo and behold, as I'm lying there on the rocks, there's a boat with four guys that come by. And they are doing some or other training operation, and they know CPR, and they medics, and they're doing, they were on the water there that specific day at that very time. They saw this guy, got in, and he's alive today because of those four guys that should not have been there. He, yeah, praise God. He was not a Christian then, to, you know, but in any case, so they got this guy alive. And he said to me, you know, since 18 years old, I'm 25 now, I've been in and out of prison all the time. He said, but this time it's going to be different. No, it's not going to be different. It's going to be the same. Because he's been saying that all the time. Since 18, since he's been young, he's been doing stuff, getting in trouble, getting in trouble, getting in trouble. Since 18, does something, gets out. I'm so sorry, I won't do it again. Goes back to the way that he normally lives. They catch him. He comes back, comes back, comes back. Like so many times it happens with people. So I said to him, I said, it's not going to be different. You know what? Next time I come here, I'm going to be visiting you again. And that was not a curse that I spoke over him. That's just the truth. I was telling him what's happening. I said to him, you have no idea what's happening in your brain, in your mind. And this is what I want to talk a little bit about today is the next two weeks maybe. Just a little bit about the brain and what really happens. Why Thanksgiving is so important to God. What physically happens in our mind, in our soul when we give thanks or when we complain. So he said, why? What do you mean? And I said, you have no idea. All you're doing is what you know to do because it's what is called a pathway. is set up in your mind. And all you're doing is you're just walking down that path. That neurological pathway is set up and you're just acting that out. So as much as you want to say, I'm not going to do it again, you can't help yourself because it's here. You're programmed to do that. That's why every single time you've left the prison, you have said, this is the last time. But what happened? You came back. Did you really mean it when you said this is the last time? Yes, I did. So why are you back? I didn't want to do it. I just couldn't help myself. Because you've got a neurological pathway that says this is the way. And I said, you, you do these things and you try and, you try and be the man and you didn't want to do it. He said, how do you know that? I said, it's just, it's easy to see. I said, tell me about your family life. He said, well, mom and dad divorced when I was four, had a stepfather. I said, so you never really had love. You never had people showing you what to do. He said, yes, that's exactly what happened. How do you? And it took me 10 minutes to tell this guy, this is your problem. And he's been there since 18, he's 25 now, in and out of prison. It took me 10 minutes, praise God, glory to God, to tell him, this is your problem. And he said, man, I've sat in this place, I've been through all of these classes, no one has ever told me, I see it now, I recognize why I do that, because, praise God, 10 minutes, and he's set free. So praise God for that. So as I say, thank you so much for helping Rayma Interventions. But seeing that it is Thanksgiving, thank you that we can go in. Who, who, who of you were here last week? Raise your hand. Wasn't autumn amazing? Yeah. Hey? And I've said many times before, when God told me to do the prison ministry and I went out asking other people who've done it before, give me your advice, they said, don't do it. 
These men will steal. They will lie to you. They, they do not change. They're the same. They're in prison for a reason. They deserve to stay there. Do not do it. These are people who had these people looking after them. That was their advice. Don't do it. But praise God for a pastor and a church who believes in giving people a second chance. Praise God when I came back. I didn't have to go and say to Pastor Doug, you know what, everybody that I spoke to said, don't do it. What do you think we should do? I didn't have to do that because I knew he said, go ahead and do it. Get the house. Get a place for these guys because they need a second chance and Harvest is going to give that to them. So let's give thanks for our pastor and his heart for these guys as well. So we're going to look at a couple of verses here, and I want us to get and look at why some of these verses say what they do, and I want us to get it. I really want us to get it. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Jesus told parables so I can do the same. So when I was in Taiwan, I was teaching adult English class at night and DJing as well. So because Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak, all I could speak about was music. I was not serving God at the time. Okay, let's just preface that right now. I was not serving God at the time. So all I could speak about was music. We hung out with DJs. That was my life. Every day was music, every night doing all of this. Even in the class, I would speak about music. It was just, it was fun. It was good. It, it, it was nice. But in this adult class, we had show and tell, and I would bring the albums in, and the students wanted to see more, know more, and we would talk about that. Until one night, one of the ladies who was a director in the company that she was in, she was my age, but she was very high up in the company, a businesswoman, she said, I want to go with and I want to see a nightclub. She'd never been to a nightclub before. Very prim and proper young lady. I, I want to go and I want to look. I said, no. No, they're just, no. There are things there that happen that you should just not see and be a part of. So in any case, very long story short, one night she goes with to the nightclub. So I've explained to her how it works and when you get there, just do this, just follow me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sit there, do not talk to anyone. Don't take any drinks that people offer you. Do not do anything silly, just follow the leader, follow me. And so we go and we're now behind, we come through the door there at the back where the DJ uh, station is and we're sitting down there. And my friend is playing. So it's probably about Sunday morning, three or four in the morning. And the music's going and the music's going. And the DJ that is playing is just amazing, my friend. He's very, very good. And like a good DJ, he's playing. And the people are, he's building, he's building, he's building, he's building, he's building. And the people are dancing and there's smoke and there's drugs and there's alcohol. And just everything is just... And then at one stage, he mixes two songs, and as he brings on the new song, when the old song is finished, the people go berserk, absolutely bananas. And the guy who does the lights stands, and he looks at my friend who just finished that song, and they look at each other and just, you know, do, do something like that. Meaning, this sounds like a very soppy song, but without saying anything, they said a lot. He just looked at him, and he knew, man, that is... You're amazing at what you do. And when we left that night, she said, you know, I got it. She said, I, I don't know how to DJ or what any of that means, but I saw you guys 
when he played that one song, she doesn't know the song's name or whatever, she just said, but when he did that thing that he did, and everyone just went mad and shouted, I, I, I got a bit of what you're always talking about, how you can manipulate the crowd and how you can build people up. I got it. And we walked away and I thought, wow, that's amazing. She doesn't know anything about anything of clubs, but she got it. Just by two people looking at each other when one did something so amazing. And that is what I want to look at today. Some verses in the Bible that talk about thanksgiving. I want us to get it. I want us to really, really look at that and say, walking away here today, you know what, I didn't know anything about that part of thanksgiving before, but man, I got it. I got it. I want to do that. I want to know more about this Thanksgiving because there's so many verses that talk about Thanksgiving. And it's very difficult now these days to go. Before there were all these uh, different translations and so on. You can go and see, you know, Thanksgiving is 150 times in the King James. Now there's so many translations, so you can't even come up with the right number. But Thanksgiving is in the Bible a lot. Okay, so we're going to look at some reasons that it is there. When you are young, when you are born, yesterday Tiffany and I went to a birthday party. It was Nathan's little friend at school. We went to the Children's Museum in Chesterfield. And while I'm there, they've got pictures of children's brains on the wall. And they say from one year old to two year old, this is what they do. From two to three, this is what they do. While people are having fun, I'm walking around with my cell phone and I'm taking pictures of the brain. And I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing because this is a class that I teach. And this class is phenomenal because it takes what science is telling you about the brain, how our mind works, and I'm just putting the Bible in with it and proving that the Bible is real. It's true. And this is why the Bible tells you to do this. So it's got all these facts. And when a baby is born, it has 100 billion brain cells. When a baby is born, when you and I were born, we had 100 billion brain cells. And each brain cell has 2,500 connections. You do the math. That's a baby that's born. At three years old, it's just grown. It it just becomes bigger, all the connections in the brain. So what happens is when you are born, your brain is basically empty. And now things get put into your brain, and now a neurological pathway is formed by what information you have gathered. So I'll take my own life, for example. When I was growing up, God was not in our house didn't speak about God. I didn't know who God was. God was not part of my life. My parents didn't tell me about God, didn't teach me about God. So God was not there. So I learned about God from my RI instructor, religious instruction at school. That's what they called it. And this person, God bless their heart, did not know God. They were just teaching and getting a salary at the end of the month. So they would tell me about God and they would read in Genesis and they would tell me the account of the Garden of Eden. And when man did wrong, God got angry. And God punished the man by sending him away from him and making sure because he was so angry to show man how God he was, he put angels at the door of the garden so that man could not come back in. They would read this from the Bible. This is God. Then I would go to funerals and I would hear about this same God 
who needed another angel or a flower or somebody to do something in heaven. Therefore, this God took your mother or your grandmother or your sister. Or, and I'm hearing now about this God. And it makes perfect sense because in my house when I grew up, when I did something wrong, I got punished. And for a while, I couldn't come into my father's presence. So it, it just fits very well. This makes perfect sense to me. And they would talk about this God that is in control, and he knows best. So even if you prayed for something to happen and it didn't happen, God knows. Don't worry. He's in control. He knows exactly what is good for you, what is not good for you. So at the end of the day, just trust whatever decision he made. So this is now being put in my brain. I have now certain pathways that are established so when I hear the word God, all of these things come up because of the way my brain functions. It's, it looks like an octopus with millions of tentacles. And whenever you say one word, you have a picture and many, many other feelings, ideas, thoughts come up to your mind when I say the one word. We think in pictures. We don't think in letters. If I say dog, you didn't see D-O-G. If you had a dog, you probably maybe thought of your dog. If I say big black dog, you just saw what I told you now. If I say five-legged big black dog, you get where I'm going. So now I would sit in school and people will talk about God but because of the pathway that has been now established in my mind. Whenever I hear God and I visit that picture of God who takes family members away, who's angry with me, then he'll punish me, who won't allow me to come back into his presence, who will do whatever he wants to do, and it's just the best, I have to accept it. When I have that picture and I revisit that circumstance now, I'm just strengthening that pathway. It becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. So now I build something in my mind that is so set so that when anybody says God, all of those pictures come to my mind. That is what I think. That is what I see. That is what I know as God. So later in life when somebody comes and says, no, where, where did you hear that? That's not right. God is love. Jesus doesn't take. He gives. I say no. That's wrong because everything that I've heard before, my picture, my mind, my neurological pathway has already been made up. When you say God, bam, there's the picture. So what you say now does not align with what I have in here. I reject it. And I say that cannot be. That's very dangerous. That's the way God created us. Do you know in the old covenant under the law? It says, specifically, it says, when you're riding, when you're sitting down, when you're lying with your children, you will teach them about the law of the Lord. You will tell them. There's a greater reason for that because they didn't have television to watch or do anything else. It was so that when you talk to them, you establish such a pathway in their mind that when you speak to them, you can say, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob split the Red Sea so that your people could walk out. And now you have such an amazing 
pathway in your mind about this miraculous God. And this is what God did for us. And when you hear God, all of these amazing pictures of God come up. That's why it says, talk to your children. When you're lying down, when you're sitting up, tell them about God. Tell them about the testimonies. Tell them about the goodness of God. Because in our brain, physically, a pathway is being made. Okay. So that's what happens in the mind. So, uh, have you ever driven home or to work or anywhere one day, and when you get there, you think to yourself, I didn't even think how I got here. How did I, what road did I, did I take 64? I'm here. Have you done that? Why? Because of the pathway that's already there. It's established. It's set. You don't have to think about what you're doing. The pathway is already there. So now you just go according to what is in your mind. What pathway has already been established there? That's dangerous when it comes to wrong believing, wrong thinking. Because you just do without thinking what is up in here. Have you ever thought when you started to drive a car, the very first time you were in America, you go to school to learn, is that right? You get driving education and so on. When you got behind the wheel for the first time and you started driving, how nervous you were? And, okay, there's no music in the car. Someone wants to talk, you're like, can you please shut up? I'm concentrating. I've got to think what I'm doing. Okay, take a left here. Left, right, left. Which is left? You, you. Because you're so nervous, you, 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 so, you don't want to make a mistake. This is the first time you're doing something. Now, you can text, you can, you can show somebody something out of the window while eating a hamburger and have the music full out playing and you don't even bat an eye. Why? Because that pathway... You've done it over and over and over again. You are so established in your mind about driving that something that was so new and so nerve-wracking now becomes, I don't even have to think about it anymore because my brain was wired that way to just be able to do it without even paying any attention to it. And you can drive now, no problem, in traffic, people blowing hooters, shouting, screaming, just everything going on around you, and you can't. Because that is the way God wired us. So that when we get the word of God in here, and anything should come across our path, the word should say to anything else that is not of God, no. I am so set in my mind that God is good. God has a plan for me. He's always for me, never against me, that these things that come in should be strange and have no place in our minds. But most of us don't grow up that way. Most of us have been taught the wrong way. There are not many people grown up in a Christian home where God was everything and people were taught the goodness of God and taught about what God has done. There are very few people who have that by the time they get saved. And our generation, mine, the 40s now, our parents didn't know any better because they just learned from their parents who didn't know any better. And it's just the wicked cycle. And it carries on and it carries on and carries on. So have you ever thought, let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. 
Be joyful always. Who obeys this all the time? This is in the Word. This is for you and I. So if the Word says be joyful always, it should be possible to always be joyful. God is not going to tell you and I to do something that is just too impossible to do. So joy, why do we need joy? Why does God say to us, make sure that you keep your joy on all the time? Let's carry on. Pray continually. What is prayer? Communion with God. So in your joy, while you joyous all the time, make sure that you're communicating with your Father all the time, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. How many of us follow that one? Give thanks in all circumstances. Is there a circumstance in your life right now that is just, it's too powerful for you to obey the word? Why does God say then, be joyful all the time and always give thanks? Why does he say that? It's got more to do with just word speaking and positive affirmation. It's got to do so much with the brain and the pathways that we're creating in here. So that when something comes that is not right, I don't care what the circumstance or situation is. I am so set in my mind. I am so filled with the joy of the Lord that my narrow pathway in here is one of joy. And I will give thanks because I know that he's good. I know that he's always for me. I know that he's always there. This is a strange thought to get angry at God. It doesn't fit. Um. Can we go back to that one, please, Edward? Give thanks in all circumstances. Look at this. For this is the will of God. So many people come to me and I hear, I don't know what God's will is for my life. You know what it is? To give thanks. No, 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 no. Should I be a doctor? Should I be a lawyer? I don't know. Give thanks. No, no, no. You don't understand. I, I, I need to go to you. I need to make. What should I do? I don't know what the will of God is for my life. It just says there, this is the will of God. Give thanks. Because what happens now, when we do that, when we do give thanks to God, you're creating a pathway in your mind that God is good. What am I giving thanks for? Now I have to go and think about things that I am thankful for. What am I doing? I'm creating a new pathway. And every time I visit that pathway, it's becoming stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And I'm giving thanks and it's growing and it's becoming stronger. So now that when any situation comes my way that is not what I want or what I desire, I am so strong in my mind that I am going to give thanks because I've just got that pathway in here and that's the path that I walk down. And when we're doing that now because we're giving thanks and we're obeying the word, now God can enter into that circumstance and speak and lead and guide and say, okay, you should become a doctor. Oh, wow, thank you very much. Why didn't you say so from the beginning? Well, if you were just giving thanks instead of moaning, instead of complaining, 
Instead of he doesn't talk to me, every time we say that, people, we're strengthening that pathway and we're making that pathway so strong so that even if he is talking, my mind says he doesn't talk. That's why it's so important to obey the word. There's so much more in thanksgiving and joy and then just, oh, that, that, that's a nice verse. Let's quote it at the healing room when someone is sick. This is huge. There's a guy in jail because he has no idea. He's complaining. He doesn't know why. Because he has a neuro pathway that is just against him. He's walking out the devil's plan and he doesn't even know it. You know, people in prison sitting there and saying, man, I'm just not blessed. I don't have, I don't have, I don't And it's easy to sit in a place like that and think that you're not blessed. But what are you doing? You're creating that neuro pathway and every time you say, I'm not blessed, every time you revisit that thought of I'm not blessed, you're strengthening that in your mind. So when blessing does come, you are still saying, I'm not blessed, I'm not blessed, because you can't see it now, and it's there in front of you, and you're not blessed. Who pays for your heater here in the winter? Who pays for your aircon in the summer? I know the food is not nice here, I really do, but who pays for your three meals a day? Do you realize a guy sleeping under a bridge that would give anything to have three meals in a cot that you do? So I understand where you are, but don't say, I'm not blessed. Because you have a lot even here where you are, but you just don't see it. Because we're not giving thanks. We're not joyful. Joy doesn't come via a situation. Joy comes via Jesus Christ giving himself for you, living on the inside of you so that no matter what happens, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when something catches you offside, when something happens, your and my brain and our neurological pathway should be so sure that they're in the Lord that I am just going to have joy in this circumstance because I know that I know that He's for me. He's not against me. This will turn out good. It's so important. So give thanks all the time. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 9. Another nice one that we can all quote by heart. Don't even have to look. Do we obey this? Or has life become so hard and so tragic that we cannot obey the word of God? That's not it. Um, The Philippians, please, thank you. We'll get to that one just now as well. It's good. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious for anything. Is there anyone in here right now and you are anxious about something? Do not raise your hand, but it's just. (laughs) Word says, don't be anxious. Well, you don't understand. I don't know. The word says, God, the, the creator of heaven and earth, who died on a cross, says, there's no need, there's no reason for you, my child, to be anxious about anything. You just don't understand. My circumstance is this, my circumstance is that. Where were you? You didn't, and now we are anxious. And he's saying all the time, don't be. But in everything, by prayer, what's that? Talking to Father all the time, in communion with Him. Not like Eve, 
Not like Eve. Did God really say? Oh, yes, not like Eve. Prayer, talking to him. Things that I don't have and things that happen have nothing to do with the enemy. It's between me and my Abba. So that's all I talk to about those circumstances. Prayer, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Once again, why do we give thanks? Because you're creating that pathway in your mind. You're creating that pathway. And whenever you visit something that now I've got to go and think what I'm thankful for. And when I go and think about what I'm thankful for, I'm revisiting that thing that I'm thankful for. And as I'm visiting it, I am strengthening that pathway in my mind that I'm thankful. Man, we woke up this morning. Did we not? We woke up. We got clothes on our backs. We had maybe coffee and food this morning. If you have to go through the day and think of everything that you can write down on a piece of paper, what you're thankful for, this verse will become very easy. And we will be so busy with doing this verse that we can't do anything else that we shouldn't be doing. And what are you doing when you're doing that? Strengthening your pathway, strengthening, thankfulness, thankfulness. No matter what comes, I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. Present your requests to God. Once again, talking to God all the time. And these verses we know, but that thanksgiving, it's all through the Bible. And it's not just a good idea. It has so much to do with what happens in your mind. And people, without knowing it, you just go back to what you know and you do that. If you, yesterday we had the thing about pornography for the men, uh, clean lifestyle, uh, what was it called? The conquerors, it, it was amazing. And the one doctor in there also said, he said, you know, it's just so easy because of the way you've made a track in your mind, the way you've wired yourself, when a situation happens, because you wired that way, you've put it in there, you just go to sexual perversion, pornography, whatever it is, because you just wired that way. You have literally, you and I have given ourselves brain damage by negative thinking, things that we shouldn't be thinking, thoughts that we allow in here that we know are not of God. It literally damages the brain. That's what's happening. So now instead of doing what is right, I just revert to the pathway that is up in here. And it's just so much easier to go and have that drink than it is to look in the mirror and say, you don't need this. You're stronger than this. It's just so much easier to follow this pathway there. Come into a fight with someone, don't agree with someone, I'm not going to buy, I'm just going to have a drink. And years after years of that, just having a drink, just having a drink, just having a drink. Now that thing is so strong, when you hear the truth, it's like, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. It's just too hard. I can't do that. You do not understand. And people really mean that. And I was there with pornography. I was there. You have no idea when Christian friends would say, man, you can beat this. That thing was just so strong in my mind because I gave myself brain damage. That's what I did to myself. That's what all of us do when we do the wrong thing. And people come, and they even said this yesterday, people come to the front and they repent and they're sorry, and they are. And how many of us do that? I'll never do that again. Two months, three months later, back at it again. There's a guy in prison. This time it's going to be different. Why is it going to be different this time than it was last time? If you haven't, Romans 12 verse 1 and 2, please. If you have not renewed 
your mind, nothing is going to be different. And we hear about spirit, soul, and body, renewing the mind, doing this, doing that. He says in Romans, he says, do not be, he says, be a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. That's NIV. Then the next verse, please, he says, don't be like the world. We should be so different to the world. People should look at us and think that you are just so out of touch. You are just so different. You are so weird because, yes, we are. And Paul writes, he says, do not be like the world, but renew your mind. Why? Because from the time that we were born, the enemy was there putting stuff in our mind, putting stuff there that was not from God, trying to make a neuro pathway there that when something happens, I'm just going to follow that pathway. To the point where it becomes so difficult because that thing is set in stone in our minds that it just feels like it is impossible to break. And then you can honestly say from the bottom of your heart, I just can't break this because that path has been so set. This is how I will explain it. In Africa, sometimes, if some places, if you want to go fishing, if, if you can get with a 4 by 4 the distance from that wall to that wall from the lake... There are trees and bushes and shrubs and just ugly stuff in the way. So the lake is over there. How far am I? I'm 10 meters, 15 meters from the lake. I can't get to the lake because of all the trees and the weeds and the everything. I need to get from here to there. What, what do I take? I take a, a machete. In South Africa we say a panga, a machete, and I start chopping. And I chop and I chop and I chop. It's thick bush. It's brush. I chop, when I look, I'm like, yeah, I want to go fishing. That's great. The fish in there are this size. There's so much good on the other side. Yes, I want to go fishing. Okay, you've got to get there first. Okay, how do I do that? Take this machete and start chopping. And you chop and you chop. And after an hour of chopping you this far, this is too hard. I can't do it. I don't want to fish anymore. Why? Because the effort it takes... To receive the pleasure at the end is just not worth the effort. I'm not going to do it. But if you do and you keep on chopping and you keep on chopping, after maybe, say, a day or two days, you can, you can get to the water. You can start fishing. But, I mean, there's still trees, there are bushes. It's hanging over here. So now if you come back next week and you've got to work through that same path, it's only going to take you two hours. And you come back two weeks later, it's only going to take you half an hour. And if you keep on walking that very same path for two years, that ground is going to be so hard that nothing will ever be able to grow through. It's like cement. And you have a pathway there that is set that no matter what seeds are thrown on that ground, it is too hard to take root in there. And I can just walk to the river and fish and go home and walk to the river and fish. There's no more effort on my part anymore. Does that make sense? That's how the brain works. So when I knew, I knew pornography was wrong. I knew all of that stuff. I, was, I knew the drinking and the drugs. I knew it. You don't have to tell me. I was reborn. I knew Jesus. I, I prayed and people got saved, but I backslid. And I got into a place that was so dark. And in my heart, I honest to God believed there is no way out. I can't. There were just too many trees and weeds and bushes, and I, I just didn't have the means to get from that point over there to that point over there that was victory. But 
God. But God. And God can do anything for anyone if they are joyous and they believe that he's good and they can find something to be thankful for. Just start there where you can start giving thanks for something because you're strengthening that mind. And today, when something comes my way, because of the path that I've created here by God's grace, and it's not good, it's not God, I don't care who you are, what you say, that cannot find its way into my mind. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying from where I was to where I am now, the paths have completely changed. My narrow pathway now is so set on the goodness of God and that he is able to heal any disease that by his stripes I was healed. That when I was in a hospital bed and in a wheelchair, that was my confession. What was I doing? Building a narrow pathway so that no matter what you say, no matter what medicine says, no matter what the MRI says, this narrow pathway says what the word says, and I give thanks. I thank you, Jesus, for your stripes. I thank you. And every time I said that, I strengthened my pathway. Every time I revisited, I made it so certain and so strong that it's now like brick. So when the enemy comes with his seeds and he throws that on my pathway, they can't take root. And the wind just blows them away. Just because I had to find something to be thankful for. You know what? I'm lying in a bed. I can't move. My wife is cleaning and feeding me. Man, I got a wife right next to me that left her work, gave up everything, and, and took care of me 24 hours a day. You know how many people don't have that? Isn't that something to be thankful for? But what does the enemy want you to focus on? The fact that you can't walk. That's a reality. It's not nice to be bedridden, not be able to do anything. But the word doesn't tell me to be joyous when everything is going your way. And it doesn't explain about the mind there. But each time I'm doing that, I'm strengthening that pathway by his stripes, by his stripes, by his stripes, by his stripes. And my, my, my little toes could start moving. Now I've got my wife and my toes to be thankful for. <laughs> And I thank you, God, and I thank you, God, and I thank you, and I'm strengthening, and I'm revisiting to the point where now I'm doing stuff that I should not be able to do. Glory be to God. But when the doctor came and threw her seeds on my pathway, I had a choice to make. What narrow pathway am I going to choose to walk out today? Because that time I was still over here with that machete. And I had a choice to make. How bad do you really want to be free? Are you willing to take weeks and weeks and months to chop open this road so that one day nothing will ever be able to grow but goodness and the grace of God on this path? Or is it just too difficult to get to the river and catch your fish and face freedom? It's our choice. That's why Paul says... In all circumstances, give thanks. Be joyous no matter what. Because you're putting something in here. Your spirit, man, you saved. You're going to heaven. The enemy can't get in here. We understand that. But beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Even as your soul. The way you think, your pathways, the way your mind works. The way that prospers is the way you're going to prosper in life. And it's such an easy verse to throw out there and just quote and say, man, 
You're living in soul poverty. What does it really mean to be in soul poverty? I have a pathway over here that's leading me to destruction. So, let's give thanks. There is so much that we have that we can give thanks to God. You may not have everything that you're believing for right now. That's a faith project. But man, we have a lot to say. Lord, today I can thank you for this and this and this. And by doing that, you're strengthening your mind, your soul, to be able to walk out the path that he has for you. Let us stand. Thank you for your word, Father, and opening the word so that we can see even deeper and deeper revelation of not just words on a page, Lord, and and good ideas, but what actually happens when we obey the word and do what you tell us to do. So we choose today, Lord, with everything that's going on, and there may be certain things that are not the way we want it, but we say thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. You really came and gave yourself for us. Heaven is really our home. We are children and citizens of heaven. We are thankful. Thank you, Lord, that we could be here today to hear the word. Thank you that seeds have been sown in our hearts today that will sprout up and grow and bring forth fruit. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for this time of thanksgiving, Lord, where families can get together. People who love one another can sit with one another, Lord, and spend time. And thank you, Lord, that we have time to sit down and be with you. That we can love on you and receive the love that you have for us. We are so thankful. And thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And nothing in this world can take that away. We bless you this day. We thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us to keep our eyes on that for which we are thankful, that we would not focus on that which we are working on. We praise you, Lord, for that which you are doing, which you are working in our lives right now, as your word says, to do and to will for your good pleasure in us. We thank you for the good work that you have started. You will finish it in Jesus' name. So we give you, Lord, just everything of us, and we say thank you. We bless you, and we say thank you because you are good. Always for us, never against us. We say thank you because you are good. We bless you, and we love you, Lord. We pray and thank you that you have angels, according to Psalms 91, that carry us in their hands. We say thank you that we protected. Thank you that we are watched over so that you can bring us back next week again, Lord, so that we can learn more and praise you more and give more thanks. We bless you. We thank you for this. In your precious name we pray. Amen.